0: Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4148 of The Bugle. Uh, We are recording on Friday the 10th of April uh, 2020. Uh, News evolving at uh, an all-time record speed. Since I began talking um, approximately 30 seconds ago, uh, economics has been temporarily suspended uh, for the first time in more than 25 years. No economics will take place until next (laughs) Thursday at the earliest. The Dow Jones uh, will bunk off uh, for all of next week. Uh, London's FTSE will not be allowed to switch itself on It will be uh, The Nikkei is being forcibly uh, forcibly isolated uh, This follows money as a concept Losing 36% of itself uh, <laughs> over the course of this week Before pulling itself back together last night After a, a few drinks and a hot bath uh, But money still down 8% in credibility A significant but just about manageable decline And another uh, quickly breaking news story Estonia has hibernated um, And no end date on that these are confusing times I'm joined uh, from various points uh, around the universe uh, well firstly from a long way away uh, in Australia Alice Fraser
1: hello Andy hello buglers how are you
0: I'm I'm adequate well, let's not go overboard Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you know what, what about you
1: I am slowly losing touch with reality Uh, There's something to be said for doing a daily satirical news podcast set in an alternate dimension while you have no access to the real world. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hmm. I've been losing touch with reality is something that I've been just working on gradually over the past 45 years. Um, Also joining us from considerably less far away, in fact, just a few miles away here in London. Uh, it's
2: Al Murray. Hello, Al. Now, I'm pretty much convinced this is only happening to me, and this is like the world's most, no. most elaborate practical joke. <laughs> and my whole, st- my whole street are in on it. My street doesn't do anything together, but last night they were all out clapping like they knew each other. It's totally <laughs> ridiculous.
1: Just lean out the window and tell a joke before they start clapping.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful time um, to be uh, furloughed with a toddler. Um, (laughs) if this child were a year younger it'd be fine more manageable a year older we'd be able to reason with it however
0: so how old precisely two
2: uh two and four months so right in the sweet spot for she's just learned how to say no um (laughs) which is not what you want when you're not allowed out i mean we are furloughed it you know we've been locked down uh, she doesn't understand yeah you know and we, we were out we were out for a walk the other morning and she ran into a friend who's had it and he was keeping his distance and everything and she ran to give him a cuddle and he ran away from her <laughs> and it was like the most heartbreaking <laughs> moment of all so it encapsulated the entire situation <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: oh,
0: it was like alan border in the 1989 ashes all over again <laughs> We are recording on the 10th of April 2020, on this day in the year 837, Halley's Comet made its closest ever approach to Earth at just 3.2 million miles away, as measured by brother Ethel Grouch in a monastery in Lindisfarne, who was apparently a (laughs) dab hand at judging uh, celestial distances. Uh, Halley's Comet, not due back until 2061... Although uh, there are uh, rumours that this could now be delayed until 2062 because of the coronavirus crisis, which has already seen (laughs) two comet flybys cancelled and another indefinitely postponed. (laughs) As always, a section of The Bugle is going straight in the bin. Uh, This week, uh, how to keep yourself occupied during lockdown. We've been giving you various tips, but uh, with lockdown now in full swing across many parts of the world... What, what do you do other than listening to each week's episodes of The Bugle and the last post ten times over and analysing the hidden messages within? Well, luckily for you, The Bugle this week gives you a smorgasbord of ideas for things for you to do alone with your housemates, partners, with your family or with the increasingly awkward door-to-door salesperson who called it very much the wrong time just as lockdown was being imposed and is now stuck in your house for the foreseeable future, along with the 18 sets of double-glazed patio doors that he has persuaded you to buy. Alan, can we please talk about something else? Have I mentioned the advantages of a bifold door? F*** you, Alan. I want you to leave. (laughs) So we have an entire week of activities planned out to keep you busy uh, and active and stimulated uh, to fill the aching void in your daily schedule. Monday's activity is navel-gazing. It's not often you get the time and opportunity to clear the introspective decks enough to indulge in a prolonged bout of self-indulgent reflection on exactly what you're doing with your life. So take this opportunity to spend a full afternoon really sinking into a soup of regret, doubt and worry like a not-especially-comforting, tepid bath. And the great thing with navel-gazing is that it's not something you can get done in a day and then put to one side. It can keep you occupied and entertained for weeks and weeks on end through the interminable human permafrost of lockdown. Tuesday existential dread. This is a genuine family activity. Gather round and think about all the implications for the world, all the things that have gone so disastrously wrong as a result of decisions we've made or not made in the past, and the things that are likely to go disastrously wrong as a result of the decisions we're making now and will make in the future. Don't worry if your dread is interrupted by occasional eruptions of wild optimism about forging a new, more collaborative, more humane world order. This is perfectly natural, and all part of the process of coming to the conclusion that we are, in fact, totally doomed. (laughs) Wednesday, midlife crisis. Consolidate all your activities from Monday's navel-gazing and Tuesday's existential dread into a full-blown midlife crisis. It doesn't even matter if you are in the traditional midlife age zone. Everyone's life is currently at the mid-stage between pre-virus and post-virus, so legally (laughs) it counts as a midlife crisis, however old you are. Panic about your personal future, priorities, values, philosophy of life, finances, political views, status, prospects, ambitions, hopes, fears, relationships, and general spiritual id. And don't forget to take regular breaks for snacks, meals, hydration, and looking at the sky wondering what the it's all about. <laughs> Thursday, bickering. <laughs> Much as we love our families, there are only so many board games, sing-alongs, film nights, biscuit bakings, experimental poetry recitals, seances and educational dissections of the mouse corpse you found at the back of the cupboard you finally got round to clearing out of a decade's worth of accumulated junk that any family can take. So pep up the day with some trivial arguments. Allow those simmering irritations that have been bubbling up to boil over into genuine rancour. A well-structured day of squabbling will encompass a mixture of ephemeral snap grudges, peevish oversensitivity to mild criticism, <laughs> long-held gripes and groundless resentment <laughs> about nothing in particular. You might like to consider having a go at one of your cohabitors, family or otherwise, for, for example, not finishing their sentences, eating salad too noisily, working in the international arms trade, or being the kind of person who might work in the international arms trade, or building a shrine to the 1960s pop legends Herman's Hermits on the sofa without full written permission. Anything to get the squabble going, uh, then riff it from there for as long as it takes until you get a solid week's peace and quiet from each other. And Friday... Paganism. Lockdown <laughs> is a great time to learn new skills and in these times of cosmic uncertainty, why not get back to Human Basics with an introductory home course in the basics of pagan worship. Online lessons are available covering everything from basic incantations via effective and hygienic sacrificing to entry-level mm-hmm. Uh Begin with paper, then move up to cardboard within a few days, wood in a week or two, progressing all the way to stone inside six weeks. Also consider exorcisms, a great way to bond as a family unit and cleanse the spirits of your loved ones. Plus, have some hilarious stories to share afterwards about the paroxysms of spiritual excess that the exorcist went through as the demons left their bodies. <laughs> and finally for the weekend, Saturday, whimpering on the sofa. You've made it to the weekend. Relax and spend the day in a fug of low-level misery on the couch. And Sunday, making vague plans that you have no realistic hope of actually putting into action. Put the negativity of the past week behind you by thinking about stuff that you might do in the future before giving up on that and watching a TV cop show. That is your bugle guide to how to keep busy during the lockdown.
1: Well, I'm picking a historical period by which to live each week, uh, matching my diet, manners and acceptable thoughts to think uh, to the period I've chosen this week. It's been the Regency period I spent yesterday in uh, epistolary correspondence and today planning a ball.
2: (laughs) very strong. I mean, this is one of the few occasions where you can say things were better in the old days. <laughs> it's actually it's actually viable to be actively nostalgic. And it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be the old days. It could be th- 4 weeks ago. <laughs> things were better for, you know, you know, th- 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 we're yes. actually if you're into nostalgia, fill your boots, your moments here, this is your moment.
1: I'm just beating myself up over missed chances. All the all the times even 4 weeks ago whether I could have just breathed on someone. Uh with impunity, I feel sad that I'm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's one of the joys to look forward to when all this is behind us the the freedom to just go up and breathe on a stranger without repercussions.
2: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we take stuff for granted. We Just want don't to be we, Aslan in, in
1: the BBC version of the, of the line, "The Witch and the Wardrobe." What a first? giant glove puppet! <laughs> <laughs> Did some great breathing is that, <laughs> is that not what
0: we all are is that not what we all are i don't
1: know what you've got up your butt
0: giant club puppets <laughs> on the hand of fate <laughs> top story this week the virus again uh it's getting uh, slightly irritating to have to keep coming back to this but there is literally no other news in the universe uh currently
1: how how short a period ago was it when we were sick of brexit and trump and now it's I said I would have given yes. anything to not have to talk about Brexit or Trump anymore, and now. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Trump's managed to get himself pretty well. <laughs> the well, Trump, this. yes, Trump has managed. I mean, God bless him; he's managed to find a way through to um, in this story, isn't he? To cut through, regardless. <laughs> I mean, it's it's his unique ability, isn't it? Is no matter what the calamity is, he's on hand to to um, f- find his way to the very centre of the story and make it about him. And it's a sort of um. Heroic, really. Um, on, on, on some. I mean, that's not how the historians are going to write it up. But at the moment, um, it, <laughs> it, uh, it's sort of, it's sort of extraordinary, isn't it? You know, because and, uh, and I, I was listening to the Today program the other morning, and he did call it a hoax, didn't he? He did call it, he did call it a hoax. And there was some uh, US spokesman going, he didn't call it a hoax. He's like, oh, come on, let him <laughs> just say, yeah, he did call it a hoax, because it doesn't even. He, he's so capable of operating. In a way that it doesn't matter if he called it a hoax or not. It just, it, 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 it <laughs> uh, he's extraordinary. He li- lives in this twenty-four-hour cycle. Every day is a new day if you're Donald Trump. It's fantastic.
1: He's got Snapchat <laughs> for a brain. Well, Once something's yeah. said, it just <laughs> evaporates into the mist yeah, of time. it's
2: gone. It's long gone, never to return. Yeah, it's fantastic.
0: Well, it's. I mean, it's, um, Al, you have a you have a small child. Yes, and, you know, it's one of the great privileges of being a child that you can flatly deny having said things that you clearly said. <laughs> and um, and I mean, we seen this with. With Trump, there was further evidence as to the extent to which he is essentially a, a child. Uh, the Director General of the World Health Organization, uh, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, uh, urged governments not to politicise the pandemic. It's uh, not too difficult to work out exactly which governments he was most uh, issuing this, uh, this plea to. Um, on Wednesday, um, he said, we will have many body bags in front of us, if we don't behave. Now, that use of the word behave, <laughs> it couldn't kind of have made it clear that he was, in essence, speaking to a child. Yeah. Uh, yeah unless he'd said to Mr Trump directly, look, Father Christmas is not going to come unless we have a coherent, <laughs> cooperative international <laughs> effort. <sighs> uh, well,
2: well so, you know, I mean, the thing is, is uh, you're absolutely right, though, Alice, you say, to talk about anything other than Donald Trump. But, like, it is that... It, 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 the worst that could happen until the coronavirus was Donald Trump, and now the worst that can happen is Donald Trump and the coronavirus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it's, it's cumulative. Sort of like, There's no indulgences like the Catholic Church can yeah. cannot w- wipe out one wrong with a right.
2: And he's literally catalytic, isn't he? He increases the reaction without changing himself. His, uh... <laughs> 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 Bit of science, science for you there.
1: <laughs> Lovely.
0: Um, it is. Uh, I mean, Australia, Britain has had no prime minister this week, as we will touch on later. And America has had no president for a long time. Effectively, Donald Trump has abdicated, but remains in office. He he's resigned, to all intents and purposes, but still has to pretend to do his uh, job. He's had uh, considerable criticism, as you'd expect from the uh, the uh, non-Trumpian media. Um, the columnist Q. Julius Schlosnitz in the esteemed Shut political up. journal The Natterer <laughs> wrote. American democracy is spluttering for breath, begging for the oxygen of decency, leadership and good sense. The political protective equipment of its constitution bunged into an incinerator and replaced with a tattered, piss-stained flag. Uh, Not my words, the words of someone I'd just made up. Um, He's uh, this week blasted through his 17,000th presidential pardon for himself for voluntary manslaughter arising from this crisis. Now, he wouldn't have been necessarily guilty of all of them, but I guess better safe than sorry when it comes to... uh, Comes to these things, uh, he uh, offered Boris Johnson, the uh, the stricken British leader, um, <laughs> some of his free medicine. Uh, his uh, I can't remember exactly what he said to Boris. Four drugs. I said drug
2: c- so four really great <laughs> drug companies. Everyone says they're the most amazing drug companies in the world. <laughs> I've sent them to the doctors. Got really good doctors around. I sent them. That's what he said. Um, he didn't name them. I mean, it's so brilliantly yeah. bonkers. Four, four of them. All right, okay, well, not three, not five. <laughs> Four unnamed drug companies. (laughs) Um, It it sounded to me something
0: like this. (laughs) And um, it's quite strange to see the President of America uh, peddling... Scam cures, essentially. This is unprecedented since Calvin Coolidge tried to convince America that bunions could be cured by marinating your foot in a strawberry milkshake or Ulysses (laughs) S. Grant promoted snakes as a cure for worms. Britain news now, and... um, Prime Minister Boris Johnson has been uh, in, and thankfully now, out of uh, intensive care, having uh, tested positive for the coronavirus uh, some time ago now. This was, uh, well, Hal. It's,
2: it's been a very curious week, hasn't it? It's been fantastic. Boris, <laughs> showed, Boris has shown the virus who was boss, and the country who his deputy was. And, uh, <laughs> and um, the deputy is Dominic Raab, as we all know, is an actor possessed by the master in Doctor Who <laughs> um,
1: uh, He just looks like gonna... every little CEO picture at the front of an annual portfolio Dominic Raab He's
2: going to unzip his skin like this he's gonna, at the press conference he's going to reach in and unzip his skin from his belly button and emerge and, be, and he's the master um, there's no other explanation for it I mean, well, I, you know, basically a bunch of grifting idiot Tories who've been over-promoted have ended up in charge of the clown car. I mean, that's the other explanation. But
0: yeah. um, <laughs> oh, It's hard to know which is which is the right one. I can't jump to conclusions in these turbulent times.
2: Well, Downing Street's bigger yeah, the tr- on the inside than it looks. Um, <laughs> so it could be. he's the Maybe he's the master.
1: He looks like the captain of a high school karate team who just peaked in high school, and you know he wouldn't have been the one going sweep the leg, Johnny, but he would have been the one standing behind the guy saying sweep the leg, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's that guy. I'm glad that Boris Johnson's better because now we can make fun of him again, which is nice. I don't mm, get me wrong. Yes. Well, I want him to feel. I want him to feel incredibly ill, but only in the moral sense, at the Nietzschean moment of having to look at himself in the mirror every morning and see only the void staring back.
0: <laughs> um, he does. Uh Seem to be on the mend, and hopefully will soon be able to return to his lifelong dream of being a wartime leader. Thus far, <laughs> been more Neville Chamberlain than Winston Churchill, but still, but baby steps. Um, it, it was kind of weird the re- the reaction uh, to his uh, to his illness, and um, you know his his, his colleagues and uh, deputy saying we're sure he'll get through this because he's a fighter. Uh, which is about as relevant to dealing with this horrific disease as saying well, we're sure he'll get through this because he's got blonde hair, or because he's a rugby fan, or because he owns a pogo stick, or because he's a bit of a tosser and a congenital liar. <laughs> None of which is really relevant to whether or not he was able to fight off.
2: Maybe a coronavirus you can fob off. <laughs> <laughs> maybe your immune system goes, uh, I'm not really here. Um, I don't know. We don't know, do we? Maybe we he has a, so- Maybe there are some of the qualities you've just listed are actually. You know, we're all like going to have to be injected with dishonesty <laughs> to, as, the, as the vaccine. We don't know yet. I mean, I think you're, I think you're, you're, you're rushing well ahead of the science here, Andy.
1: That's a pickup God. line someone used yeah. on me once.
2: Can what? I inject
1: you with some dishonesty? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, what I really love about um, British politics, people go, we have an unwritten constitution, that's what's so brilliant about it. Um, and then the Prime Minister is... Potentially mortally ill with the illness that's wiping the country out, and oh, uh, no, we don't actually have—we don't have a procedure in place for when, you know, when he's made ill, when he's ill and he can't do his job. No, not really. No, we haven't got one. And then everyone shits the bed, understandably. (laughs) But it's it's unwritten, so it's better. I mean, (laughs) the whole thing's—you know, maybe it's time. Maybe we don't have to write it down. We at least have talked about it, maybe. Well, we've seen the true horror
0: of the cabinet of none of the talents uh, that has been uh, been built up by uh, Prime Minister Johnson, brought home by the sight of Dominic Robb, and and also the lack of sight of Home Secretary Pretty Patel. Now, you'd have thought the Home Secretary would be fairly prominent during uh, this uh, current crisis, but um, I think she's been kept behind the government's emergency force field, which we spent billions on preparing for an alien invasion. I mean,
2: what, what the f*** is that actually about? I mean, to, 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 to cut to the sort of, what on earth is going on? Is it is it because she said so many embarrassing peop- things about the people who are now having to haul this, haul the country out of this? So, you know, all the all these key workers who are from a, who do turn out to be a, an awful lot of them from abroad, and so on. And she's been making all this threatening noises. Is just, is she imba- I mean, have we discovered that Pretty, Pretty Patel actually does have a sense of embarrassment? That, that, that she we've hit her shame membrane. The, the, the virus. I don't know,
0: maybe that she's been in, injected with that, with some kind of special <laughs> sh- shame-activating serum. Um, I mean, to be fair to Rob and and uh, and Pretty Patel, I mean, it's easy to be negative and cynical at, at times like this, but they are in the top forty to fifty million British people best qualified for high-level political office. <laughs> uh, in fact, I've uh, just got the official rankings here, and there are, in fact, thirty-eight point seven three million people, precisely, in Britain, better qualified than Raab to be uh, Foreign Secretary, and uh, he's only actually a million or so places uh, ahead of me, so (laughs) he's not quite as bad as many people (laughs) have been saying. Um, uh, uh, Boris, I mean, it's it's a very strange situation because um, we've seen uh, the Scottish Chief Medical Officer having to resign for not following her own advice and have Robert Jenrick, another Cabinet Minister, being heavily criticised for not going completely by the letter of government advice, but the, the Prime Minister a few weeks ago, was observing social distancing guidelines with even less rigour than I observe kosher guidelines. And uh, I assume they're, they're guidelines. They might be stricter than that. <laughs> uh, I forget. Um, his father, Stanley Johnson, said, uh, amongst the extraordinary things that have been said about this, this whole uh, um, issue, uh, to use that American expression, he almost took one for the team. What? We've got to make sure we play the game properly now. Now, I don't know in what way Boris Johnson was taking one for the team, uh, or almost taking one for the... I don't know if we're to assume that if the virus had succeeded and, shall we say, permanently incapacitating the Prime Minister, it would have just packed up and moved on to another country and you know he would have saved the nation by his sacrifice. I don't know if he's been heroically diving in front of vulnerable oldies in nursing homes, snatching the virus from their very mouths, gobbling it down and saying, this one's on me, Deirdre. And those words, we've got to make sure we play the game properly now. <laughs> yes, but we also had to make sure we were playing the game properly king weeks ago as... Evidence by the story still coming out about her, surgical gowns running. You could have got school kids to p- sew surgical gowns out of leftover bits of cloth from school kids. You've got, ah!
2: Sorry. <laughs> Gosh, it's very, uh, rare that, very rare, Andy, that you actually show true anger. <laughs> Often I find the anger on this programme <laughs> confected. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and contrived, but for once... True emotion displayed. Uh, uh, we, the, the Bugle listener doesn't realise that we're doing it, probably doesn't know that we're doing this by Zoom, so I can actually see Andy as he descends into this froth of fury, this <laughs> yes. boiling pit of rage, so uncharacteristically froth. so.
1: Surprising. Yeah,
2: it's an so awful froth. lot of froth. More froth than I was expecting, <laughs> frankly. <laughs>
0: Al, you're a you're a, a published historian, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you've you've written about. I've written about, about history. The second, I haven't written any actual history. <laughs> you've written about. It's lot, um, that's really difficult. You've that. written about the second, yeah. the Second World War, and there's been a an, an unstoppable deluge of war references, yeah. war language, yeah, war uh, analogies. Uh, Boris Johnson on the 23rd of March says, "In this fight, we can be in no doubt that each and every one of us is directly yeah. enlisted." Yeah. Um, yeah. There is uh, kind of a Queen referencing Vera Lynn. Yeah. And um, I think there was a draft of a speech Boris Johnson was due to give this week um, before he was uh, sadly hospitalised, uh, in which he pretty much lifted straight from Churchill. We shall fight on the sofas. We shall fight on the landing. We shall fight in the kitchen and in the bedroom. We shall not fight in the hills. Please stay at home. Do not go to the hills.
2: <laughs> fight. You have to stay at
0: home. We have temporarily surrendered in the hope that we can de-surrender when the time is right. Go Team GB. The beaches are so, closed. I mean, is <laughs> um, is it is it helpful do you think to have it's, all, all this sort
2: of it's all we references. got. It's all we got. All we got. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't compare this to Henry the Eighth and his six wives, which is the only other thing people know about history, wise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this virus Catherine of Aragon or is it Anne Boleyn? You know, um, <laughs> we've got no, we have got nothing else in our national historical locker. I mean, right. I mean, it, it, interestingly enough, or the only other thing anyone's got is the Nazis from GCSE history when they have to do the Nazis GCSE Nazis, and that doesn't quite fit here. <laughs> Um, at least not yet, you know. Not until Plod is actually going through your shopping trolley to find out whether you've got the essential items you require. That hasn't happened yet, but but it's all it, you know. It's all we've got. I mean, you, I mean, you did it yourself. You described him as Chamberlain rather than Churchill. I mean, I think he's much more um in uh, the Asquith role in the First World War is a far more apt metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um But no, I, d- I don't know. It, you know, I mean, it is the, the, the of course, uh, the, uh, the sweet ironies roll on. That you know, the, the Bundeswehr, the German army, is sending us ventilators. And a friend of my, a German friend of mine, he was, he was, he, he put up Facebook going, "Oh for fuck's sake!" Cause, you know, because he he's sick, he's sick of all the war talk here, and uh, and always has been. Even though he is a, hist- a Second World War historian, he's just he just he looks at it through this mad prism. And have, have you any idea what it's like to be German with this going on? And then and I say to him, <laughs> "You started it." And then, we're, <laughs> <laughs> and because the thing he always forgets is that um, is that uh, because there's a because there's a large slice of nationalism in in the way people talk about the war like this. that Essentially, it adapts and survives. So if he so the Bundeswehr sending us ventilator, ventilators, of course they ought to. They owe us. That's how the that's how the Second World British Second World War mind, mindset adopts to that. Yeah, they owe us the favour because we saved them from themselves. So they owe us those ventilators. Mm-hmm. I don't care if we spent the last three years telling them to. F- off and basically trying to start <laughs> what would have been a war. You know, I mean the way we've tried to walk out on our, on all of our international ar- arrangements in the last 3 years would have started a war in the 1740s. So, no or even the 1880s. You know, that we've done stuff but they won't they won't bite. Well, the, the bastards won't bite. Anyway, the point is <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 but the, but the point is, is, is you know, it's it is all we've got historically. It, it, it's that or the six wives of Henry VIII. Can you see Stalin behind me? I've got a Stalin bass drum head there. I'll, um, anyway, same <laughs> oh, no, glimpse. I can see
0: Daleks the, in the House of Commons. The, yeah, the Stalin <laughs>
2: glimpsing through the, the ether. There, there he is. Um, God bless him. <laughs> oh, well, no, not God bless him. No, um, no, <laughs> exactly. The that's massive Second massive World War. Cannabis, th- right? But it is, yeah. it's all we've got. It's the only game in town. You know, and uh, and. Uh, It is is interesting, though, because I've I've, uh, friends who are paramedics and they are talking about being the front line and going into fight. And I'm not going to tell them they shouldn't. I'm not going to go. Oh, I don't think you should talk about it like that because they are they're, they're on their on the receiving end of this thing, so.
1: I have a friend who's a, an NHS worker and he's classed as an essential worker and uh, he's very embarrassed because everyone who knows that he works for the NHS is calling him a hero, but what he does is filing.
2: Well, <laughs> we shall file them on the beaches and so on. <laughs> I mean, someone's got to do the filing. That is the thing. This is this is Yeah. 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 All right, I'll clap a little less next Thursday then, because of the people (laughs) doing the filing. Yeah, no, you're doing filing, sorry.
0: Well, uh, these uh, national rounds of applause on Thursday evenings have been um, uh, quite quite remarkable, really. It's um, quite a moving noise. I was outside my house yesterday and you can sort of hear from all the streets around, people clapping and... and yeah, banging saucepans and uh, and all that. It's a phenomenon that is uniquely British, apart from uh, all the other places that were doing it before us. But it's uniquely British, nonetheless. Like so many other uniquely British things. And um, but it's you know it's good to see a centre. We are gradually awakening to who and what is really valuable in society. And this, in turn, could save the economy quite a lot of money because it could lead to a massive pay cut for NHS staff and carers uh, and and the like, because these jobs must be so spiritually rewarding <laughs> and paid for with with the, the, the honey of public applause. that to then give people decent money for it cheapens and
2: I mean, trivialises. Andy, have you ever heard uh, that much way. applause on a Thursday evening around 8 o'clock? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, around 8 o'clock I have. It's uh, usually when I, by the time I finish at 10 o'clock. <laughs> <that's
1: pretty laughs> right. Especially as you're in your book for doing 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway to uh to balance things out uh with these this very positive rounds of applause on thursday on monday evenings at 8 p.m from next week there will be a national <laughs> boo as well for uh All the people who've really done absolutely nothing to help in the current situation. The politicians who fail to heed warnings and and take precautions. The disaster capitalists and hedge fund shyster punters who are profiteering from the misfortunes of the world. Uh, And uh, also, you know, the lower level workers who deserve our opprobrium as well. The bailiffs and the payday loan shop. So uh, do go out at 8pm next Monday and and really (laughs) let rip. (laughs) Bogus theories news now, and apparently the virus is not caused by the virus itself, but by 5G communication masts. This is, according to no less a source than multiple celebrities online, leading to physical attacks on telephone poles... Um (laughs) Which does suggest that we've got a little way to go in uh, evolution as a species. Other people are blaming it on landlines or yoghurt pots with strings attached to them. Suspicion of communication is deep-set in the human collective psyche, really, uh, pretty much ever since the bubonic plague was spread by carrier pigeons. And um, I guess it's one of the lessons of the social media age that there is absolutely nothing that could happen on this planet or else or in the universe that will not be met with an absolute Niagara of online bullshit.
1: Apparently Woody Harrelson has been putting out the news that the uh, 5G towers are responsible in some way for the coronavirus. Why would you follow or believe in the real news when you can follow and believe Woody Harrelson, a man who's famous for playing (laughs) drunks and maniacs? It's... Astonishing to me how personally celebrities are taking the coronavirus from the stars who we're realising are completely at sea without a team of people telling them what not to do, like Madonna in a milk bath talking about equality or basically anyone in Hollywood that isn't Tom Hanks. But uh, they're having a disproportionate impact. Apparently, a study was done saying that uh, while they are putting out about twenty percent of the information on coronavirus, they're having much more of an impact on the hearts and minds of people who are taking what they say very seriously.
2: You're absolutely right. Five G weren't happening now; it would be whatever was happening, wouldn't it? It would be the, the, it it would be gramophone records, wouldn't it? Well, what caused the Spanish flu? The the, the, the gramophone, probably. <laughs> uh,
1: the uh- Spanish.
2: <laughs> hey hey now steady on <laughs> steady on um th- there's no uh, um, <laughs> it's fa- yeah it, it's um because someone burned a 4g mask down last night in birmingham apparently
1: oh the wrong mask right
2: the wrong i mean that's yeah, what hold g out
1: but it's an <laughs> own goal
0: <laughs> uh I mean, trump again has been in, in the forefront of uh of um uh, of crackpot theories he's uh, saying that uh, the virus be caused by factor 30 sunblock but cured by factor 50 sunblock <laughs> also cured by a paste made up of um, crushed up temazepam aioli stick deodorant and cobwebs <laughs> syringed into a bullet casing and fired into your own foot from a Colt 45 <laughs> He's also claimed that the virus could be cured simply by grabbing someone by their genitals, uh, (laughs) retreading his much misinterpreted advice so widely publicised in the build-up to the 2016 presidential election (laughs) on how to make women immune to scurvy.
1: (laughs) Oh, is that what vitamin C stands
0: for? Nature news now, and, well, nature continues to exist uh, despite, the, despite the virus. And, in fact, it's made a bit of a comeback in some ways. There have been goats roaming the streets in Britain. Um, the first sighting of an auroch in Britain since the Bronze <laughs> Age. Um, um, <laughs> uh, for 3,000 years, those horny-headed fluffy bastards have been lying low. Um, um, and... Uh, uh, well, also pandas the, uh, have apparently been mating... For the first time in years, Alice, you are our um, animal uh, sexual congress correspondent. Um, uh, bring us up to date with the latest uh, latest news.
1: Yes, everybody's favourite celibate panda couple, Ying and Lele, at the Ocean Park Zoo uh, have started banging again, and all it took was the zoo shutting <laughs> down. It's they uh, they've been. <laughs> They've spent about 10 years not having sex in front of people and now the zoo's shut down. They are at it, apparently, uh, potentially leading to a coronavirus baby or the first of the coronials, as the new baby boom will be called. And (laughs) what it means to me, I think, is that either the pandas are enjoying the privacy, they don't like being perved on while they're banging, which makes them unique among politicians, or uh, they're really turned on by the idea of humanity in crisis.
2: Well, it's well, their moment, happens. isn't it? Yeah. Quick, make some babies. The planet will be ours soon, isn't it? It's, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. That's the Panda's accent. Um, I've watched too much Paddington, um, <laughs> who, who seems like a, an awfully nice um, sort of fey gentleman, Paddington. Anyway, the, the, I mean, it is, it, I mean, the thing is that this is a very interesting idea that they're at it now that they're not being watched anymore. Does that mean if you don't watch Pornhub, they do? They have even more sex. You know, <laughs> the, if you, the watched panda never f-ks, isn't it? It's <laughs>
1: yeah. Also a f***ing panda is right twice a day.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, very philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a time to be philosophical, isn't it Andy? I mean, what f- else to do? <laughs>
1: Unless you're a panda, in which case there is something. Well, oh yeah, do, in which am case I
2: right. Go. Well, yeah. F- all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I've seen the photographs. I mean, because they have published images, haven't they? And it, and it's one panda behind the other doing what? You know, I believe this classical sort of um, doggy style. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's what it was. Certainly, panda, what it, panda style. Panda, it? Well, it's panda style now, isn't it? Right, they're going yeah. to redefine the entire thing, aren't they?
1: I feel like pandas <laughs> would have a poetic name for it. They seem the type.
2: What, the, the praying lotus or something? Or the...
1: <laughs> I mean, we don't know. It could be like the 5G. It could just be coincidence. They could have just been engaging in extremely extended foreplay for the past 10 years. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that, that's right. It could, it could be. Well,
0: it's uh, well, understandable if you're in a zoo, you know, in a, locked in a cage with another animal for 10 years, you don't, you don't want to make things awkward, do you? <laughs>
2: you, don't, you don't want to spoil the friendship. <laughs> You've got to take your time. The pandas, <laughs> so the male pandas, sure. be saying, trust me. Sex would just ruin everything. We're really good friends.
1: I just imagine—I uh, imagine that they've been trying both. They've had unrequited crushes on each other, but it's sort of like a Hugh Grant situation in a rom-com, where they just keep awkwardly having, <laughs> making mistakes, and then feeling too embarrassed.
0: You saying the panda is British? Yes, <laughs> as a species, I think
2: that's definitely the case.
0: Uh, in other um, natural world news, scientists have found a sea creature made up of, quote, millions of clones uh, that takes the form of uh, essentially a bit of silly string 120 metres long. Uh, it's formed of a predatory colony of clone organisms that hunt down and slay their enemies, to which the obvious response is, what the f***? This is the last f***ing thing we need right now, an <laughs> army of fishy clones preparing to take over the f- world. (laughs) It is possible of course that the um, ocean clone beings are working in tandem with the virus in some kind of tag team apocalypse but uh, these are deeply distressing times. 120 metre
2: long bit of cloned silly string. in the it sea. It looks like a sort of runny cow pat, doesn't it?
1: Have you? I mean, I think it's yeah. so beautiful. It's sort of bioluminescent. It's like this giant, it's essentially a Borg hive mind. And it's bigger than any of the other creatures of its type uh, that have yet been discovered. It's very coordinated, and it's also an awe-inspiringly beautiful piece of the natural world, a lot like Lizzo. Just... <laughs> <laughs> that was the only joke I had. I reckon you guys are too old to get how good that joke is.
2: Andy, who's Lizzo? I've abs. I thought it was a cleaning product. Someone from isn't it? Someone from Greece.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's very beautiful and very coordinated, and also quite big. She's a pop star. She plays the flute. Get into it, man.
2: Okay,
0: I'm. I'm still catching. I haven't finished the '50s yet. Sport now, and um there was some sport last weekend the virtual grand national um i don't know if you did you see this out the uh yeah. the computerized version of the uh yeah. the grand national
2: yeah it uh, last
0: uh, last weekend it was graphically realistic. The um, uh, There were some glitches in the technology, uh, however. The uh, pre-pseudo-race pseudo-favourite Tiger Roll, who won the real Grand National the last two years, was kidnapped by some terrorists <laughs> who'd accidentally transferred across to the virtual Grand National from the counter-terrorism simulator game Snake Breaker Dominion of Rage. Um, this left left things clear for the... 28 to 1 shot Spartacus Tootsie to take an early lead before he fell at Beecher's Brook, uh, fence 6, and in obvious distress was then graphically put down by a military attack helicopter. <laughs> um, as the uh, game took some liberties with grand uh, national reality. A glitch in the programming then resulted in a robot horse ridden by Yule Brynner <laughs> joining the race and shooting the then-leader, the hotly-tipped Whip Me I Like It, and its uh, celebrity virtual jockey, Winston Churchill. People's <laughs> Choice entry championed the Wonder Horse, the 1950s TV star horse, who was voted to take part from a shortlist of popular celebrity horses, ran creditably to finish ninth, avoiding the carnage when Lewis Hamilton's car mowed down six of the virtual horses... <laughs> Uh, the uh, company Sham Sports, who were running the uh, the Virtual Grand National, were also running a virtual F1 race on the same afternoon, and there was a, apparently a bit of a uh, glitchy crossover. It then looked like 12 to one second favourite Dostoevsky Daddle was going to romp home <laughs> no. after clearing the last, but a very realistic looking Emily Davison ran out from the crowd at the elbow to rugby tackle him bit anachronistic and inaccurate, but a nice touch, leaving 50-1 to outside a terrapin hoodwinkle to win after the three horses in front of him started buffering due to a dodgy internet connection. <laughs> uh, next week, uh, there'll be a virtual boat race. It's going to be HMS Victory versus the Mary Celeste.
1: <laughs> Andy, in the absence of sport, your mind is a truly marvellous place. <laughs>
0: Home education section now, and I did promise you a history exam um, last week, and we've uh, overrun uh, once again. So, we'll just do a couple of questions from it, and then we'll have uh, part two of the history exam uh, next week. Al, I know you, you're a, a keen, keen history supporter. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: my team, that's who I turn out for every Saturday <laughs> the afternoon. Past. <laughs> the past, um, yeah.
0: So uh, I'll let you uh, guess some uh, answers okay. to some of these questions and uh, for any Bugles, uh, Bugle listeners home schooling,, mm. uh, you can set this for your children as well, uh, mm. as well. Question one is an odd one out question. Yep. Pick the odd one out from the following seven historical figures. Ivan the Terrible, Genghis Khan, Emperor Nero, Vlad the Impaler, Tamerlane the Great, Shirley Temple and Joseph Stalin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going Tamerlane the Great. Uh, Alice, any uh, any guesses on that one?
1: Uh, I don't know, Emperor
0: Nero. Uh, it's in fact Shirley Temple. Oh. Uh, she's the only one who would not have been allowed to be a member of the Marleybone Cricket Club before <laughs> 1995. <laughs> um, question two is more of a kind of essay-type question. Explain how different history would have been if humans had evolved with snouts on their faces. Refer to at least three of the following historical phenomena: the Ming Dynasty, the Renaissance, and the Eurovision Song Contest.
2: <laughs> um, and with a snout, there'd be no need for a Ming vase. Um, <laughs> we've been looking at trading Ming bowls so you could get your snout right, okay. into the yep. bowl rather, rather than a vase. Because if you've got a snout, you can smell flowers at a distance so you don't need to bring them into the house, right. put them in a vase. So that, I think, is one yeah. of the one of the main differences in human history. That would. Right. Uh, what were the other eras? <laughs> the Renaissance. Oh, um, oh, well, we just wouldn't have had one. <laughs> I think we're having a renaissance. Oh, yeah, moment. very, very definitely, totally, de- yeah. totally renaissance. De- um, yeah, yeah. No, we just wouldn't, have, we just wouldn't have had one. So things, right? we? You know, and that would have meant no, no reformation. Uh, We'd ba- basically still be like the 13th century,
0: right? Well, that's something to cling to. Yeah.
2: And um, uh, question
0: three, the last question this week. We'll have the rest of next week. In no fewer than one word outline the four most important factors in the avoidance of a bilateral war between Canada and Indonesia in the years 1250 to 1600. <laughs> <laughs> you can answer that one in your own time. Anyway, that, uh, <laughs> that brings us uh, to the end of... Um, uh, of uh, Since it's holiday time, we don't really need to do sc- uh, homeschooling right now. But anyway, we'll have the rest of the history exam next week. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for joining me um al you've got any uh, other um virus lockdown projects on the go that people can uh, tune into
2: well that i'm doing if people are interested my second world war podcast we have ways of making you talk um me and james holland who's actually a historian me going what no come off it and him telling you exactly how many merchant seamen <laughs> died in the second world it's amazing what he knows um and we we're doing that at the moment and We've been doing a load of extra content. I've been doing sort of... We've been finding books that are out of print and I've been doing them as audiobooks and putting them up on, on our... We've got a little Patreon site now. Oh, so that's it, so nice. Yeah, it, it's actually been... It, it's it, it's been actually been... Uh, well, it started off as I thought. Well, this is a good idea, and then, and then once you've read a whole book out, I think, oh god, and the, oh god, I'm going to have to do another one. But um, it's been really cool. I'm reading a book, reading a book by at the moment by a guy who was a fighter pilot on Malta, but who was also an artist. So his descriptions of it all are incredibly vivid because he's because he's always thinking in terms of the colour and the spectacle, and it's. Um, uh, so I'm doing that. That's what I'm and where doing. Where can people find uh, find all that? Moment. Um, uh, well, there's a Twitter account called at We Have Ways Pod because um, it's called We Have Ways of Making You Talk and it's on Acast and then there's a Patreon with the same name, but, you know, if people are interested. And it's 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 fun and we've, we're we collecting people's family s- histories as well from the war, which has been really amazing, really, really incredible stuff people have been uh, telling us.
0: Alice, of course, uh, the last post, uh, could just through its 100th episode.
1: Yeah, I, since the 1st of wow. January, it's been 100 episodes of absolute f***ing nonsense. <laughs> and... <laughs>
2: wow you are motoring aren't you that's amazing
1: Uh, my brain is slowly disintegrating under the pressure also my special savage will be coming out on amazon prime on the 17th of april i'll be having a live watching party for that with neil gaiman so look at my social media for that that's alliterative a-l-i-t-e-r-a-t-i-v-e on instagram and twitter
0: Uh, Thank you very much for listening, Buglers. We will play you out, as always, with some lies about our premium voluntary subscribers. To join them, go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate button. Stromstad once signed into an online forum to discuss the best domestic uses for sporting equipment with the apparently innocuous username Glockenspiel Eucalyptus, only to be met with a barrage of invective from another user who went by the pseudonym Unbeloved Chocolate. Kim explains, Unbeloved Chocolate had suffered a childhood trauma when he was hit on the head by a Glockenspiel falling out of a eucalyptus tree. He was, perhaps understandably, a bit cross. Alina I was involved in that online discussion and won a forum record number of likes for her suggestion that two heat-coated badminton rackets could be used to grill toasted sandwiches, a baseball glove would make a serviceable coconut ripener, and a rugby ball with halved squash balls glued to it would work very well as a communal dummy for a litter of young puppies or kittens. Reese Finney is the proud non-owner of any cutlery or crockery. I don't believe humans should have any further advantages in the food chain, says Reese. We've already got opposable thumbs in industrialised farming, so if I can't eat stuff using only my bare hands as implements, I'm not interested. Hashtag food fairness for all species. Isabella Cawthorn dreams of setting up an orchestra for people who cannot play musical instruments. For too long, argues Isabella, top-level classical music has been the preserve of people who have put in years of effort to learn an instrument. This is patently unfair to people who did not have that opportunity or couldn't be bothered. Catherine Fearon volunteers to be the first member of Isabella's instrumentless orchestra. Many people have a talent for doing impressions of instruments, says Catherine. I, for example, play the invisible trumpet very well indeed. I can do a passable air bassoon too, and my friend's uncle sounds like a tuba when he's drunk. This plan is on. Vivek Anand Sridhar believes all political leaders should walk on stilts and wear massive cloaks, like mythical giant rulers from another dimension. I think we would respect them more, argues Vivek Anand and they might talk less rubbish if they were having to concentrate on not falling off their stilts, or, if they were outside on a windy day, not being blown over by a strong gust of wind to the cloak. And finally, Brian Meissner once convinced a waiter in a restaurant that he was exempt from paying for his food until the following day because he was a believer in metabolism, a legally protected spiritual sect that held that a meal was not complete until the full process of digestion had taken place. To be fair to Brian, he did return to the restaurant the following day and pay. Here endeth this week's lies. Listen now.